home today. Uh, Richard, thanks for joining us. Hey, Jeff, good morning. I know it's You're a busy, busy time of year for you guys, it, huh? It is. It is. It sure is. And uh, so we're still in the heart of Christmas trees and poinsettias and all that kind of stuff, live stuff. So even, even though it doesn't feel like Christmas, Christmas is going to happen one way or the other. No, no doubt. Uh, in Hawaii, yeah. they still celebrate Christmas without snow. So <laughs> that's right. You know? That's right. That's I mean, right. I know y'all. I know y'all used to love the no, snow for Christmas, and that's about it, right? No, I, I was okay without snow on Christmas Day. And, really? And I'm okay with shorts on Christmas Day too. <laughs> well, I'm not. <laughs> Let, let me tell you, I, I, we did uh, get a question for you since uh, you were going to be on the phone with us. I asked people to call in any questions uh, early or uh, email them. And someone was concerned, and maybe it has something to do with the fog, but finding like three to four inch webs on his lawn uh, the last couple of mornings. Yeah. Uh, yeah, tell uh, them that that's not a concern. So uh, although... So that, that in itself is not a concern. That's going to go away and exactly right because of the humidity and everything is just right, temperature and the humidity. But we are seeing fungus in the lawn, which is these spots. And normally I would tell people at this time of year, usually it's, it's getting cold and getting colder, and so you're usually going to get a frost or a freeze that will, will stop all this. But there's really no hard cold in sight, and as long as you you know, even though we're not getting rain and we're getting this high humidity in the fall, that will cause fungus issues, especially with the temperatures where they're not cold and they're not hot. And actually, actually it's just right for fall. So kind of watch the lawn. And someone uh, actually brought me a picture in the other day. And, and I can I drive around. I see it all over. it, And uh, you see these little round spots. And sometimes it's hard to diagnose at this point because what happens is the round spots grow into each other. So it looks like a big mass and not necessarily round, but that's only because the circles have have uh, intertwined and overlapped. And uh, so you do want to take care of it. Uh, normally, I would say you don't you wouldn't need to, but because of uh, it appears to be a lot of mild temperatures, uh, it, it's going to be an issue. Gotcha. What other concerns you have this time of year or advice? Well. Well, when it comes to uh, the lawns, a lot of people want to winterize and really, in terms of fertilize, you really don't want to do that at this point. I, I would shut that down. And, uh, uh, and and a lot of people are having trouble, Jeff, with getting the ryegrass seed to germinate. And usually it's, it's in direct correlation to lack of moisture. But this year was a little bit different because although it's very warm right now, if you remember, you know, uh, uh, two or three weeks ago, even before that, we had some really cool temperatures. And even though even though ryegrass likes uh, cold weather, it doesn't affect it at all. It really needs some warm temperatures to get these both warm temperatures and moisture to get it to germinate. So, like what we're having now is going to get all that ryegrass that had was just sitting on the ground not doing anything to germinate because uh, one, the fog, and two, the warm temperatures are going to get it to germinate. So, just kind of keep that in mind is that is that it does. Does take a little bit longer to germinate if temperatures are are, uh, are cold uh, at night and during the day, and and but they will come up because we're always gonna you know our weather is back and forth, and so we know that it's always gonna gonna get warm again and get cold again and just kind of uh, recycle. Although I just hope it's a little bit colder for Christmas, but we got um, you know a good two and a half weeks before um, Christmas is here. 
Very good. Jeff, I thought I'd talk a little bit about uh, Christmas trees. Now, we're still selling Christmas trees, and, uh, and, and, and although we've not had any issues to date with uh, any uh, maybe drying out trees, uh, just kind of want to tell the people that, you know, one thing I do know is that, and I've been doing it a long time, is that when we have uh, uh, an increased number of days between Thanksgiving and Christmas, with this with this this year, it's four or five more days between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Usually, that's when we start to see issues with trees drying out. You know, that five extra days, and because everybody is uh, is putting their trees much earlier than they did, you know, twenty years ago, so they'll actually put them up, uh, you know, Thanksgiving week. So you want to look out for that. But the the good thing is that, you know, even though I don't like it, the temperatures are mild outside, so people are not running the heater. And that makes a big difference uh, in terms of, um, you know, the the trees drying out quickly. So, And it appears that it's going to last a little bit longer in terms of of, uh, of, of, uh, mild temperatures, therefore running the air conditioner at a heater, that's going to make a big difference, as well as obviously the fireplace. If you have a fireplace, run that fireplace, makes that dry heat. So you never want to put your tree near vents and, uh, you know, hopefully not in the same room as a fireplace, but a lot of times that's not practical, but certainly as far away as you can from the fireplace because that is a dry heat and it will actually suck the moisture out of the air and, uh, and, and cause that tree to dry much, much faster. Uh, any vents that do hit the uh, tree, you want to actually close those vents and that helps a lot, you know, in, in terms of just, you know, the Christmas trees themselves. When you're picking out a tree, the easiest way to look is to is to to see whether the tree looks good and is healthy. Is to look at the tree, look at the color of the tree. Obviously, you don't want to see any yellowing or browning for sure, and that makes a difference. And to tell if the tree if the uh, if the tree is actually losing needles, uh, there's some misconception with that because when we unveil a tree that's been in a bale wrapped with this string. You're going to have needles that are that are within the within the plant and are loose, and they will fall out. But the way you tell that is to kind of take your hand and just kind of hit the limbs limbs of one side of the tree, and then actually grab that limb and pull it with your hand, and then look at your hand. If there's very little or no uh, needles in your hand, then those trees that trees retain the needles. You don't want to just look in there and say, "Oh, look, there's a bunch of loose needles in there." That's kind of natural they were in there when they when they when they wrapped it with the string and so a good visual inspection look at the needles feel the needles uh and and uh see if there's any needle drop in that should help and then the other thing is once you get in the house uh, you want to make sure that at least an inch cut is made at the base of that tree because the tree will actually heal over uh the sap will heal over the stumps so that even if you don't cut that base of that tree it will not absorb any water, so you want to make about an inch cut, and and uh, and then once that cut is made, you want to constantly keep water in there, which means you want to check the water daily, and maybe your first, you know, one or two waterings, you want to use kind of warm tap water, so it'll pick up that moisture rather quickly. And you could do that, you know. Usually they'll they'll quit picking up moisture after the first, you know, two or three waterings. Although I've seen some pick them up the whole time if everything is done right. Um, uh, but if you can allow it to pick up moisture for two or three times, uh, that helps a, a lot in terms of the, uh, the plant except, you know, you know, retaining its needles and looking good throughout the, uh, the Christmas time. 
Another thing is, you know, you know, we flock a lot of trees, Jeff, and, and a lot of people don't know, uh, flocking is when you spray the, the, uh, the, all the needles white. And, uh, it, it's actually, you know, a very safe way, or if you've always had trouble, uh, with the trees drying out, whether it be for location or for whatever reason, uh, flocking actually, uh, you know, prevents the needle drop at all. And really, you don't have to put moisture in it at all. It's, uh, it will retain its needles, and uh, you can actually put a match to it. Obviously, I don't recommend that, but you could actually put a match to it, and it would burn. Uh, so no water is needed. Uh, it keeps, you know, that lobby will keep that thing till, till Mardi Gras. And, uh, and so that kind of extends your season. So if you always had trouble uh, with trees dying out, that's an option. And uh, just kind of makes for, a, a, you know, a... Uh, an easy way to uh, to keep the keep the tree from drying out and losing uh, uh, needles and just uh, just a, something to keep in mind. Uh, when it comes to flowers in the uh, in the in the landscape, seasonal stuff such as snapdragons and uh, dianthus and pansy, all that you can plant them. Selection is going to be limited at this point. Everybody, everybody kind of slips over. To the Christmas season, so even the growers, you know, once they kind of sell out, they don't replant because everybody switches to other things such as poinsettias and all that. And uh, and so, so even though you can still plant, we have things like snaps and pansies, but no more petunias. And, uh, but you're not too late at all, and we can certainly tell by these mild temperatures you can actually get a good start and and not have a problem. And just remember, the main thing with bedding plants in the wintertime is uh, you really need sun. You know, you don't want to put it in a shady situation because we'll get overcast days like this. We'll get our day length is shorter. You're just not going to get enough light. Even if the plant does survive, it's just not going to It's not gonna really bloom and, and really do well for, you know, unless it gets a lot of sun. Gotcha. Jumping to uh, poinsettias, that's the, the, uh, the big Christmas plant. And just remember, we'll talk a little bit about more uh, more about poinsettias next week, Jeff. But uh, you know, poinsettias are tropical, and so uh, you do want to protect them. When temperatures start getting to forties, you're going to have to bring them in. They won't like it, even though they may not die. They'll drop a lot of their uh, a lot of their leaves and, and begin to look bad. So they are tropical, even though they're sold in December. And uh, you know, they're native of uh, Mexico, and so just just you, you got to keep that in mind. And then also you, you, you want to watch moist, uh, you know, water. A lot of people say, well, I'll just put a few ice cubes. And that's okay to get them through. But the truth of the matter is when you water a poinsettia, you want to water it heavy, heavy, heavy. And then try not to water it again until it needs it. Now, when, you know, when does it need it? You really want to put your finger in that pot to see if it's moist. As soon as it starts to dry out, soak water it really, really good. Um, you know, the, the same problem is if you, if you continue to let your poinsettias dry out, they're going to drop leaves and they're going to turn yellow. And, uh, so you really don't want to do that. And a heavy watering will, uh, will allow you not to have to water it again. So, you know, the little ice cube method is great to kind of get you through, uh, you know, a, a tight squeeze. Uh, but really and truly, ideally, if you, you know, if you don't want to wet the floors or anything, take it outside. In the, in the on the patio, water them really really good, and then once they finish dripping, bring them inside on a little clear plastic tray, and they will you know they will do actually extremely well, and and you know 
uh, there's no rule of thumb in terms of how much to water. If I had to say, I would say twice a week, but that depends on, you know, you know, if, if you start running our heaters inside, you could probably have to water definitely twice a week. Uh, if it, uh, if you're not running your heater, like right now, a good watering may get you through, you know, one every five or six days would be fine. So kind of keep in mind, the plant's going to tell you, um, by visually when it needs water, but the good, th- good way to do it is to put your finger in the soil and when it starts to dry out, take it out and really flood it and soak it really, really good. Gotcha. When it comes to purchasing point says, uh, re- remember this, that what you're seeing on the poinsettia is not the flower. It's called a brack. It's actually one of the leaves that will change colors, and uh, that's what you're looking at. Within the bracts, you're going to see these little small flower buds uh, that will actually turn yellow. And I'm going to bring some in next week, uh, Jeff, for you to look at. And uh, But basically, you know, the ones that are going to last the longest – uh, assuming everything's equal and they're being taken care of, are the poinsettias that the the interior flowers are tight and not in bloom. And, you know, it's hard to visualize the listeners, but next time you go look at a poinsettia, you can see these little flowers, and hopefully right now they should be tight and not showing the yellow flower. It should be just a bud that's not open. If it's a open bud and flowering right now, that means that poinsettia is not going to last as long as the one that's not. Like all ours are just in tight bud. And uh, and as we get closer to Christmas, they're going to start to open up. And they're really not going to be that showy, but it's just an indicator that, hey, I don't have, uh, I'm not going to, I'm going to start dropping my bracts. And um, and the other misnomer is that poinsettias need, uh, need uh, darkness to bloom. And that's not true. They, they do need a shorter day length to to flower those bracts to make the bracts turn red or white or whatever. But they do need sun to retain the bracts and to just make that plant healthy and, uh, and, and last the longest. So to force in the flower, it needs shorter day length. But once they start to show the bracts, start to show the red leaves, then they need flower, they need light to retain those leaves. So, you know, and they're indoor. You could keep them inside, but you just don't want to keep them in a dark room. You want to put them either near a window or, you know, or near a glass door or something where they will get some light and, and they will perform extremely well. There. But, Jeff, what, how's your point set of doing? Very good. I, I've got three. I, I'm still uh, maintaining from Christmas pasts. <laughs> well, very good, Jeff. That's impressive for a city boy. I think so. I think so. And I, I think I told you uh, one of them, uh, the Brax came back uh, like in April, you know, uh, well after Christmas, but uh, they uh-huh. eventually did uh, come back. Yeah, that's a, that's a, you mean they flowered or they, or they just turned, turned red, turned red. They turned red. Wow. Yeah. That's very unusual. That's been very, you must have an Easter point set. Maybe so. <laughs> Anything else All right, going yeah. on? That, that's it, fella. All right. I'll try, to, I'll try to be in. I'll try to be in next week. Okay. We'll look forward to it. Take care, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye, Jeff.